Raw Impact Radio, Sir Blackston. Look at this, we're on episode two. Who would have thought it? All right, who would have thought that you and I would be sitting here listening to, well, you're, I'm not listening, I'm, I'm talking, but who would have thought that you would be sitting here listening to episode two of this thing? It took so long to just get in episode one. Wow, wow. Celebrate the little things, right? Where's we're Santino with the trumpet. Anyway, yes, this is the second edition of Raw Impact Radio, the second episode, I guess. And we're going to do a few things today. I wanted to, um, this isn't going to be terribly long, I hope. I get kind of long-winded once I start talking about stuff. But I wanted to rate some of the Triple H uh, changes, some of the changes that Triple H has made. Um, Take a look at some things that hopefully, you know, some changes that could be made then hopefully are in the pike. And, you know, maybe take a look at something where he's, he's he's not bringing it just yet. So definitely want to do that. We're also going to discuss, I put out on TikTok and like one person responded (laughs) within time. And that was to, uh, you know, what should we talk about in this episode? You know, what topics would you guys like to hear me discuss? And the one guy said, um, actually, I don't want to call him the one guy. That's like mad disrespectful. Uh, Let me go to the post. Actually, that's not true at all. Three people ask questions through TikTok. This is going to take some time to build. But you know what? Uh, We're on our way. Um, so first off, I do want to just remind you guys that there is a uh, a sale on merch. It does end on October 15th. So depending on when you listen to this, sorry, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the special promo code for the merch discount is RIR TikTok. So if you go to, you click the link in the, in the bio of wherever it is that you're seeing this and you go to merch and you make your selections, when you go to check out, just make sure you put in the code RIR TikTok. Now. Onto the show. Bro, I said a regular ass transition. What the hell was that? This is, it sets up. It sets too high a bar. I don't need all of that. Anyway, we're just, we're just coming back. We're just coming back to the show. I don't know what the fuck was that. Sounds like one of those apocalyptic movies. I don't need all that. Good God. Ron Peck Radio, Sir Blackston. All right, so looking at Triple H's WWE, obviously, one of the most eye catching things that he can do. To immediately grab the attention of the viewer is an out-of-nowhere return. Like, that's one of the biggest ways that he can really cement to the viewer that this is not Vince's WWE. Not that people didn't return to WWE under Vince. Obviously, there were some great returns under Vince. But these are folks that WWE fans have gathered behind because of the circumstances of their release in most instances. This has happened under Vince in the past. Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe was released and he returned. Dave Maverick. Dave Maverick was released and he did the little crying promo and then he came back. So, you know, it, it's not like it didn't happen under Vince. But these returns have somewhat been a signature, a staple of Triple H's WWE. Obviously, the first returns are the ones we have to look at. And they would be Dakota Kai and it's not a return, but it's a call-up of Io Shirai, Io Sky, who at the time, I mean, if you believe what folks are reporting, she was all but gone. Like, she was all but out of the WWE at the time. So I look at it as a return uh, in the development of damage control. So, obviously, damage control has had a storyline. And that storyline has been, we need to take this championship off of Bianca Belair and her, you know, her entourage, I can't even say friends because half the time they don't even come out to help her. But Asuka and Alexa Bliss have sort of been like the foil to Bailey and the rest of Damage Control. I like this return. 
I do like it. I feel like Damage Control could be doing a lot more, and there are ways that they could be positioned as more powerful in the company. Although going back and forth with the Raw Women's Champion is a very, you know, that that's a strong thing to do. I would like to see them do more interacting with the SmackDown Women's Champion. I feel like they, they could be one of those groups that sort of transcend both shows. And you see them on the SmackDown show, but you'll see them like in the audience or doing commentary. They don't really get involved all that much. I'd like to see them really, you know, with a name like Damage Control. And not just Damage Control, but Damage Katarl. CTRL. I feel like they should be doing a lot more. That's not to say that what they're doing is bad by any means, because it's not. But if I look at damage control compared to the role models, I got to give the nod to the role models. I, I think that Bailey and Bianca had a great match. That latter match was awesome at Extreme Rules. And who knows? Okay, so one of the things that I'm most looking forward to is EO Sky versus Asuka. I don't know when it's happening. I don't know if it's happening. I need that to happen. I need that to happen for a championship at WrestleMania. I mean, the four horsewomen, you know, if they all main evented, awesome, great. But I want to see fucking EO and Asuka over the four horsewomen. Honestly, that's where I'm at with it. I think it would be a much better match. All right, so we got that one. We also got the return of Hit Row out of nowhere. Just roll up on folks and just lay them out. So the return of Hit Row was was really cool. Um since that return, it feels like they've been trying to find out where Hit Row belongs. And this has been a theme for a certain, you know, for certain performers under Triple H, is that he's been trying to figure out where they belong. And I, I feel like Hit Row um, is, a, is a great, great act that can do some really, really awesome shit. I'd like to see them obviously enter the tag team championship picture. Honestly, I'd like to see the tag team championships split. If you're going to do this bloodline thing and Jimmy and Jay have to hold a championship, that's fine, but that I don't I think that it's a it's a it's a problem when you tie up so much gold into one faction that needs to be unbeatable until, you know, midway through the next year. <laughs> like I I have issues there. But, I mean, that being said, I do want Hit Row to get in that picture somewhere. That That's necessary. As far as I'm concerned. Uh, another major return. Karrion Cross and Scarlet interrupting Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns. This one was just really cool. This one was really cool because it came out of nowhere. So what typically ends up happening is that one of the guys will tweet about, hey, this person is returning, and then, you know, they'll show up on Raw or SmackDown that night. The thing is, I don't I don't be on Twitter like that. And I don't really, like, follow wrestling news as much as, like, some of the other folks. I guess I should take the news part out of, out of what we do because I don't do a lot of, like, wrestling news. So for me, it's always a surprise, and I love a good surprise. Um, so Karrion Cross returning was a surprise to me. Uh, his his presentation since he's returned has been stellar. His presentation has been stellar. I am so glad that they brought him in with Scarlet. Um, obviously, when he left, he had the 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 S and M hood on his head. It felt like he was being paid no attention. He was beaten by Jeff Hardy in like two minutes during his debut. But now you feel that he's getting the run that you know. His character could could sustain. His character can handle this run. Are there things that he needs to work on? I'm, there are things that everyone needs to work on. 
But, you know, I, I think that the more that he gets comfortable in his role on the main roster, the more that the people get comfortable seeing him in his role on the main roster, the better he's going to do. So I'm, I'm extremely excited about uh, the Karrion Cross return. Um, who else came back? Dexter Loomis. So of all of the returns, I really believe, and this is going to sound kind of weird, but I really believe that the Dexter Loomis return has been handled the best so far. Well, as, barring the one from this past Sunday. Dexter Loomis's return has been hilarious. From the very beginning where, you know, we saw the shit happening backstage during, like, the, the, the damage control backstage interview deals. People crashing cars and shit and securities running. And, you know, it, it all turns out to be Dexter Loomis, which was, like, totally bizarre. And originally, I thought that it was something to do with AJ Styles. And it looks like they migrated it to The Miz. And it's been some funny stuff between those two. Uh, Dexter Loomis, like, apparently kidnaps and puts Miz to sleep, like, every other week. And then pets him creepily. So, <laughs> I do like the Dexter Loomis stuff a lot. I do. I really like the Dexter Loomis stuff. And so this next Monday, he's going to face off against The Miz. If Loomis wins, he's going to get a contract. If Miz wins, Dexter Loomis leaves forever. Obviously, Loomis is going to win. So, yeah, I'm, I'm curious because they need, to, they need to say the reason that Loomis is doing the things that he's doing. Because under no set of circumstances in the world can someone just do what he's doing and be considered a good person or a babyface. So I'm curious about it. Who else did we get back? We got back Braun Strowman. All right, so let's talk about it. Braun Strowman came back. We got this huge, huge pop. And and he's another one where it feels like this guy left and he really, I feel like Braun leveled up, honestly. He's he slimmed down a lot. Uh, he's a lot more lean, very dangerous looking. <laughs> he's still got that crazy ass uh, look in his eye at that, that only... He can pull off, and I think there's a world of potential, but he's another one that the return just hasn't... Where's he gone since he returned? He's been feuding with the guys in Alpha Academy, but, you know, you feel like that with the with the monster Braun Strowman character, that should have been over in, like, the first week or so, and he should have moved on to other fish, not necessarily bigger fish, but other fish. I, I, Braun Strowman needs to tear through people. It looks like they're going to push Braun Strowman into a feud with Omos, Maybe going into Survivor Series, you know, if we're doing the brand warfare thing. So it'll be monster versus monster. So it'll be Omos with MVP versus Braun Strowman. Okay. I mean, you know, I, a, a giant fights never really did it for me. There was one. It was Diesel versus Psycho Sid. That was, you know, and I was, and it's not even that the matches were great. It was just like, at the time, I was like, oh, shit. Diesel's seven foot tall. Sid is six foot nine. What are these two monsters going to do when they clash? And they had a match. That's 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 awesome, and then that was it. You know, it's not. It, I, I don't need to see giants. Do, they've done so much of it. Big Show and Great Kali and Undertaker and Kane and Mark Henry, Giant Gonzalez. Once upon a time, you know what I mean. Like it's always somebody that they can that they've you know pegged as like a monster. So they've overdone the monster thing so much that it doesn't. I'm kind of desensitized to it. So I'm sure they'll they'll do Omos and. Braun, but Braun needs to move on to some things. And it doesn't need to be a world championship. You know, I'd like to, Braun Strowman versus Gunther. I'd, I'd, I'd like to see that. I think that'd be a pretty good match. <laughs> I'd love to see that match, you know? So we'll see what they do with Braun. Johnny Gargano. I mean, it's great that he's interacting with 
Austin Theory. But it feels like another one of those feuds that's just stuck in chewing gum. Like there's no, unless you're going to put that briefcase on the line, there's no real stakes to it. And the whole premise behind it is Austin Theory is a dick and he's being a dick to Johnny Gargano. Great, great. But where are we going? <laughs> like what's the end game here? It's not like, you know, you, unless uh, uh, unless you're going to add some stakes to it, you know, the feud doesn't really mean much right now. Um you know, we talk about the Dexter Loomis feud. The stakes are that this is this man is threatening the Miz's family with damage control. The stakes are that women's championship for Raw. What what's the what are the stakes with the Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory feud? No, just I mean just just me, just just kicking things out. Candice LeRae. So she just picked up a victory against Bailey, which okay, cool, really cool. She you know I f- I feel like those two are. Obviously, Candice LeRae has a ways to go in terms of building her name on the main roster WWE, but a victory against Bailey will do that. I don't know that Bailey needed another loss, especially if she's going to go into another women's championship match against Bianca Belair. So I don't know that she needed another loss, but okay, I'll, I'll accept it. But so where are we going with Candice LeRae? It seems like she's she's sort of a a third wheel to the Bianca and Bailey thing or just damage control in general like she's not really the focus of damage control so much as she is a thorn in their side and she's a return so you know i'm curious to see where they go with her um but she definitely needs something and of course i'm trying to think are there other other returns anyone that i'm missing i'm sure there's plenty of people that i'm missing i do that i miss so of course another return under triple h the uh the biggest return well, maybe we'll save him for last because this past week also saw the returns of Gallows, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. Now, obviously, it's too early for us to say where this is going to go or, you know, how it's going to play out. We don't know yet. We do know that now AJ has some backup as it relates to the Judgment Day. So I don't even want to say too much. I don't even want to go too far into depth on that one because we don't know where it's going. Um, and obviously, Brock. Brock has returned. Uh, Brock never really left. Brock, this is like Brock's schedule. He goes away for a few months and he comes back and does something. And he returned in one of the most heinous of ways and physically attacking and physically assaulting Bobby Lashley out of nowhere. Where's the security guards when you need them? They don't do their jobs enough when it comes to Brock. And now, of course, the biggest return, Bray Wyatt. So we've only got one appearance from Bray, and it was basically him coming through the doorway and taking his mask off. So as of the time of this recording, we have not had SmackDown. So I'm curious as to where we go from where we are, but where we are is an awesome place because the Bray thing, as well as the Dexter Loomis um, appearances, are one of the things that have drawn me in on like a whole other level as it relates to Triple H's WWE. And that is... Damn, I really got to pay attention to what the hell they're doing in the backgrounds. I got to pay attention now and look out for for QR codes or symbols or or signals, little things that people say, masks in the back of people's posts. Like I now need to pay closer attention to the show. And Triple H is training his audience to pay closer attention to the show. So like, you know, what was it last week? The Miz is talking in the background. This dude is just holding up a clipboard with a QR code. Dude, I love shit like that. I love little little detective-y things like that. You got to go through and you got to scan the code and find out what the hell the clue means. And it's numbers, but numbers as letters. And it's like a date. And all. I, I, I love shit like that. 
I love to watch stuff like that, and I love to see like folks mobilize under that. I love it when people hit me up on, on my uh, on my TikTok and say, "Yo, dude, did you see? Oh, it's crazy." So his return has been viral. He's done, and it's difficult to do that now because so much stuff is like you know destroyed and spoiled. The first time that I can recall a return like that. And it's probably the most comparable return would be the Chris Jericho return from back in 2007 when the they, they you know, random episode of Raw. I was in Harrisburg uh, working at a grocery store at the time. Random episode of Raw and you get all this Matrix feed. You know, that was it. Like you just got the Matrix feed and it just looked like a blue and white Matrix feed. And then each week there would be more and more information. So it would say save us and x29 and all of this other stuff and you're like what the, what the hell is this like what 24 it was just all these numbers and letters and like at the time you guys know i did the show with don juan it was so it was don juan banks and myself for some time sir blackston and this is way before the show we just talk for like an hour about what the heck this meant and we speculated chris jericho we we're like ah is it chris jericho and you know some other folks some other names but it got people talking it got us talking about wrestling and it just generated interest and that's what i'm seeing here with this bray wyatt thing so bray's return has been handled great so far the lead up to it the build and obviously the execution on the day of the return having the lights go out during matt riddle and someone i forget who it was but someone um mentioned that man maybe he's targeting matt riddle and i'm like well why would he target matt riddle and then when i look at it the lights went out as matt riddle was leaving the message this past Monday came on right before Matt Riddle's entrance. And Matt Riddle, his best buddy, his mentor, his dad, is Randall Keith. Randall Keith is the last person to beat Bray. Randall Keith set Bray on fire. Randall Keith had to wear that stupid mask after Alexa Bliss, quote unquote, burned his face. So there's history there. We know that the Fiend is a petty bitch. <laughs> no, we know that the Fiend is petty. Or that Bray is petty and that he, he don't let nothing go. He's like, no, I'm coming back for everybody. I'm getting receipts on everybody. Everybody getting a CVS receipt. Maybe that's where they're going. So, I mean, I wouldn't be mad at Matt Riddle versus Bray as like a first feud. The thing is, they've got Bray currently on SmackDown. So maybe he'll be on both, both shows. Who knows? But the Bray return has been handled great. I'm just curious about what the next step is. So the returns under Triple H have been grand in most instances. Some of them have not been grand. And, you know, we discussed those, the things like the Braun Strowman hit row. And and all, none of this has anything to do with the performers. It's just, you know, what it is that they have in store. Like, what storylines do they have in store for those performers? And I don't know that they have a storyline that has really grabbed me regarding Hit Row, Braun Strowman, and or Candice LeRae, and or Johnny Gargano. But who knows? You know, anything could happen. On Friday, we could get new tag team champions. Why not? Just, just put it out there. So the returns have been great. The storytelling under Triple H has been a lot better. Things have made a lot more sense. It, you, you get a lot less of the starting and stopping of stories. You know, um, even if a story isn't immediately upheld like the following week, they go back to it the week later. Now things can tie into other things. We see more backstage interactions between folks that we wouldn't see. Like we saw a few weeks ago, Damage Control interacting with AJ Styles, like which is something that you don't see a lot of it's like the women exist in their world and the men exist in their world and there is never any kind of overlap even though men can talk to women and women can talk to men 
and it doesn't always have to be romantic. Remember Sasha Banks and Enzo. Don't ever forget. Don't ever do it again. Oh, my God. It was just it was really weird. So it's possible to do it without you know having that level of cringe. But the storytelling has been better. Dexter Loomis' story is, you know, we don't know what it is yet, but I'm intrigued. <laughs> I, I want to know, you know. Um, the bloodline, the, the, all right, so this was a misstep. When uh, Solo Sokoa became the North American champion, came out with the title belt on SmackDown and defended it and was then stripped of it due to his not being in, like, a, a drawing or something like that, the night of NXT. So I thought that was weird. That was a misstep. It was it was also a misstep with the damage control not winning the Raw Women's, well, the Women's Tag Team Championships from the gate. That was an issue. And the, and the streak continues of none of the former tag team champions, women's tag team champions, are still a team. And the, the same is true for Aaliyah and Raquel Rodriguez. They're not a tag team anymore. So the only tag team, like, like, Tag team is the women's tag team champions. That is one that's that's going to be a problem. At some point, you're going to have to beef up the women's tag team ranks. And unfortunately, it will mean that we lose some singles acts to become tag teams just because the numbers, you know, the numbers are they just are what they are. So if you're going to pull the plug on women's tag teams, then you just need to make some women's tag teams. And that'll help with the storytelling there. But overall, I would say the storytelling has improved drastically. Talent in place. So some of the talent in place have gotten just complete revitalizations, and they they just feel like fresh. Guys like AJ Styles, Sami Zayn, Matt Riddle, new life, new life. Imperium. I I, I got the sense that Imperium was not you know before they were Imperium back when it was just you know Gunther and Ludwig. I got the sense that things weren't gonna weren't gonna work out all that well, but. Now, I actually, I am really, I look forward to Imperium. I, seeing Imperium perform at Extreme Rules was like the one of the highlights of the night. So I, there is definitely some talent that were in place that have benefited a lot. Some talent have not. Some talent have, you know, and maybe it's that they should not have been on the main, you know, television program as it were. But you look at a guy like Veer. Maybe Veer didn't belong there at the time in the role that he was given. And, you know, Veer now needs to move on to NXT so that way he can build himself up and, you know, create a character that folks want to see on TV. But I, I'm kind of over the the type of presentation that Veer had. No fault of his own. They built him up for six months. Veer is coming. Veer is coming. He's on his way. Veer's at the door. Veer's two minutes away. Veer's at the stoplight. Veer didn't come for six months. And then when he came to the show, he feuded with the Mysterios for like ever. And then he's gone. Omos. We talked about him. He's the other side of the Braun Strowman Omos feud going into Survivor Series, it looks like. He doesn't have like a ton of stuff to do. It's not like Omos is out here, you know. Doing, he's over a year in and they've still got him like squashing local talent. So Omos needs a Omos needs a job. Let's let's get let's get Omos employed. Let's get Omos something to do here if he's going to be this huge threat. And uh, he can do it. He's very talented. Bobby Lashley. Well, you know, I can't even say Bobby Lashley. He's about to go into a few. Reggie. Where Reggie at? What happened to Reggie? What happened to the whole 24/7 scene? Our truth, all of those guys. They're all gone. Yeah, I haven't seen the 24-7 championship since that time that uh, Dana Brooke was randomly on Raw. Outside of that, I haven't seen the 24-7 championship at all. And 
I feel like the 24-7 championship, it, despite the, the years of damage, the years of tarnish that they tried to throw on it, it can still have some kind of value. Like, you just you just have to give it a place and not treat it like, you know, a toy. It could be their internet championship. They were doing some really awesome stuff with it, people getting it on the on planes and all of that other stuff. So Talent in place, uh, you know, it's been pretty good. I'll, I'll give it a B. Because there's some um, there's some talent in place that you know that are really doing really awesome stuff, and some folks are floundering. So give them a B there with talent in place, maybe a B minus. And then the overall show vibe, bro. I gotta tell you, three hours is too damn long. I can't do three hours of, of Monday Night Raw. It's it's a lot, but it goes a lot quicker now with Triple H. Even though that third hour, a lot of times just means absolutely nothing. Because at one point they were having like the show's main event, like the advertised, which should have been the show's main event, at the bottom of the second hour. And they did something similar this week with, with Bobby Lashley and Seth Rollins. It wasn't, you know, at the bottom of the second hour, but it's, it's still three hours of Raw. But the show vibe has definitely increased dramatically. I feel like the pacing is different. We don't see folks come out, you know, to the ring and then they cut to commercial and then they go to do a promo and they say you know hey this is how wwe is serving the community and then they do an update on somebody's thing and then they cut the commentary and then they go back and they play a video recap of something that doesn't even matter and then the next person starts to make their way down the ramp then they go to the match graphic then they go to commercial and then they go to another backstage segment and then bailey starts talking shit and then before you know it you know I, now now i'm tired because the first person came out, what, 30 minutes earlier, and now the, the match is getting started. I'm like, I don't even care anymore. I forgot this person was in the ring. But we don't see that as much. That pacing thing, 100% better. 100% better. They're doing a lot more picture-in-picture, picture, which, you know, that that's a USA call, I would assume. Glad that that's happening. So the show vibe has definitely increased under Triple H, and it, it just it feels like a, it feels like a better show. It feels like a more watchable show. For a long time, I stopped watching Raw. I stopped watching SmackDown. I stopped watching wrestling because it just got boring. And this would have been a around the time of WrestleMania. So you'll see that there's a large gap of me posting, you know, maybe one or two posts per, like, week or two weeks because I was just, like, really, ugh, I was just burned out. Storytelling was trash nuggets. Oh, cool. We're getting Roman versus Brock again. Awesome. So, yeah, premium live events have been grand. Um, and they weren't really bad under Vince in all honesty. You know, that was the, that was the one thing under Vince that the storytelling on Raw and SmackDown got very labored. The shows got very labored. It was like, oh my God, I got to watch fucking Raw again. And I, that's where people just stopped. But the pay-per-views, the premium live events, they were always, they were always a good, they were always a good deal. So, and that, that has continued, except now they have more of a takeover vibe in, in my opinion. So Triple H has got it there. So we didn't, obviously, we didn't go, you know, down each and everything and give everything a letter grade. But if I had to give Triple H's return or Triple H's era a letter grade, I would give it a B, a B plus. People are going to be like, what the hell are you doing, Sir Blackston? You're fired. I give it a B plus. That's just where I'm at. He had a huge lift. He's got to regain the confidence of the viewer, and that is not easy. And uh, you see him growing in some ways, and there are some ways where he still needs to grow. But I think that he's on his way. So that is that. So let's go into TikTok, that one post where I said, hey, guys, what do you want me to talk about? Next time y'all see this, please, by all means, put something in there so that way I'll have things to talk about, even though I'm pretty long-winded. I talk a lot anyway. I guess now is as good a time as any 
to say that if you haven't yet, please hit the subscribe. I mean, if you feel so compelled. I mean, it's good. You could hate this podcast. You might not have even gotten to this point. But if you did and you like it, I mean, ain't nothing wrong with subscribing. You know what I'm saying? That way you'll know when the next one comes out. And you don't, you know, some folks are going to be like, oh, man, we got this one super late. We we missed the promo code RIR TikTok, which goes with the sale that ends on October 15th. We missed the whole thing. And, and you would have missed it. You would not have missed it if you had just hit that subscribe button. So, you know, I mean, if you want to, you know, I'm not telling you what to do. I can't tell you what to do. All right. Uh, so here we go. I put out the question, any ideas or questions for the next podcast? And folks said, if The Rock comes back to face Roman at WrestleMania, this is shy, 03146. If The Rock comes back to face Roman at WrestleMania, what happens to the person who wins the Rumble? Honestly, I think that The Rock and Roman does not need a championship. Does it mean that it's not going to have a championship? No. They could, you know, continue to roll with the championship deal. I would prefer for that not to be the case. I would prefer for them to face each other without a title on the line. Because I know The Rock ain't going to show up every other week. Every week. Like, they're, they're, not, they're not even giving Rock a Brock Lesnar schedule. They're lucky to get The Rock whenever they get The Rock. And that time that he came back and he played with WWE for a little while, that was a gift because his, his time is, like, way more valuable now. And, you know, it's always it's one project after another project. He works very hard in a number of different uh, areas. Plus, now he's got the XFL. He's got the tequila. He's got the production company. He's got to keep Superman in check. You know, he's the hottest of commodities these days. So, Rock is going nowhere with regard to championships in WWE. Now, with that being said, and it seems like the NFL can get him whenever they want. <laughs> the NFL can have him for the, the last game of the year and the first game of the year and all of this other stuff. will come out in purple turtlenecks and all that good stuff. But for WWE, <laughs> get him when you get him. So I don't think that they need a championship. The person that wins the Rumble should go after the championship, should go after main eventing WrestleMania. And, you know, WrestleMania is one of those events where you can have multiple main events so unless the winner is the rock which i doubt the rock would compete in the royal rumble and i don't know that i would want to see the rock win the rumble um have that person face the champion in the main event so you could do that one of two ways you could have roman face the winner of the rumble on night one and then he faces the rock night two or vice versa, you could have him face off against The Rock night one, and then the, the winner of that match faces the winner of the Rumble night two. Or you split the championships up. I thought it was a bad idea to combine the championships in the first place. You need a world champion on both shows. And even though, you know, Raw is the WWE championship and SmackDown is the Universal championship, we get a lot less Roman on Raw than we do on SmackDown. We all know that Roman's home is SmackDown. He's hanging out in his older cousin's home. So split those two championships up, have the winner of the Rumble face off against the, the WWE champion, and if you got to have a title involved with the Rock and Roman, have the Universal title. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're counting chickens, and all that we have right now are eggs. We don't even know if the Rock is going to be in the building. But he is teasing, saying that he is the head of the table. So hopefully the whole thing plays out. The The big thing for me is going to be the storytelling around it. That's what I was most looking forward to. I just want to see the interactions between The Rock and Roman. That's what I want. I want the promos. I want the back and forth, the banter, because The Rock held it down. 
Could you imagine Paul Heyman and The Rock going back and forth regarding Roman Reigns with the rest of the bloodline around it? I've never eaten gold, but I'm pretty sure that's what it tastes like. I'm I'm excited to see what happens there. Next question. Him dot underscore dot 20. Maybe who's going to take down Roman Reigns? So when Roman Reigns first debuted the Tribal Chief character and he was facing off with Jimmy uh, with Jay Uso, it, it became apparent to me, like, at the time, there were only a handful of people that should take the championship from Roman. Those folks were Jimmy, Jay, Brock, Seth, or The Rock. Those were the people that were outlined at that time that should only those people should take it because the storytelling was so good. I was like, you know what? It would be a bummer if anybody else took the championship from Roman. Like this is the direction, the trajectory of the story. But it's, it's gotten so much deeper now. And now you've got all these other people that have returned and Cody Rhodes is back. And people are saying, man, Cody could be the one to beat Roman. Now, I don't think that Cody should beat Roman Reigns for the championship, but it would be some interesting storytelling. Bray Wyatt is back. I don't think Bray Wyatt should be anywhere near the any championship. Keep that man away from championships. That's what messed it up the last time. But it would be intriguing, though, because Roman did technically beat Bray to become the universal champion. Braun is back. He, he said he wasn't finished with Roman the last time that they met. That, that, that actually is very true. I don't want Braun as the world champion again, but, yeah, it's just very true. So there are a number of people who could do it. Uh, I don't think that Logan Paul should. And Austin Theory. Austin Theory. I don't think that Austin Theory should either. But Austin Theory, I don't know. I don't know. His his cash in his cash in is going to be a very interesting one. Is it I don't think this is going to happen. In fact, I'm pretty sure that I know that this isn't going to happen, but damn. Think about how poetic it would be if Sami Zayn with the assist from Kevin Owens became the Universal Champion or the WWE Champion. Sami Zayn is a championship caliber performer. He should hold a world championship at some point, just based on how good he is. The presentation that they give him now is like kind of wacky and kooky and all that shit. Sammy gets it done. <laughs> I think that we all know that. Um, right now, his popularity is through the roof. Um, and they're they're elevating him in a way that he's allowed to speak and interrupt Roman Reigns and, you know, like kind of jump in there. And Roman offers him respect you get the sense that roman is plotting something behind the scenes uh, and i put out the question like who's going to turn on who is roman going to turn on sammy or is sammy going to turn on roman let me see where we are with that one because it's very fascinating right now it's in favor of roman turning on sammy 56 percent to 44 percent. but i could see that going either way but i would love to see sammy Zayn become a world champion at the hands of roman reigns is it the absolute best storyline i don't know but it's the way that things, you know, it's the way that the, the storyline has floated. It's the way that things have gone. And I wouldn't be opposed to it. I would love to see it. Um, we were talking about Triple H's WWE, his era, and one place that he could improve. So the jury is still out. So I don't even want to mention it just yet. The jury is still out based on something that happened this past week with Bobby and Brock. But there's a particular unit of people that I see just kind of like floundering and not doing much under Triple H. And based on some of the things that he said in the past, I'm hoping that this doesn't become an issue. So I'm not going to mention it right now, but we'll see. I got my eye on you, Paul Levesque. I'm watching. You know, I'm not the biggest Triple H, I'm not the biggest Triple H fan. Um, based on, you know, 
this one particular promo. Uh, but yeah, no. So we'll see what we'll see where Triple H is going. We'll see where he's going. All right, what else have we got? Uh, final question. Dot underscore dot star killer. Royal Rumble entrance predictions, maybe. I, th- I think it's pretty early to um, to say who's going to be in the Rumble. In terms of returns at the Rumble, I think that Cody's going to return. I don't know how he's progressing because I don't follow him on social media or anything, but I think he's going to return, and I, he might even win it. Last year, there was a lot of talk about you know forbidden doors and would this person come over and, well, could... could could Dean Ambrose or, or John Moxley be in the Rumble? And I, like people were really because and, and it all came from it was all fan, you know, fan driven. And I can take responsibility for my little like wing of it <laughs> due to the fact that uh, Mickey James was announced and folks were losing their mind. They were like, but but she's from Impact. How can she's the knockouts champion? How can she? You know, it, um, it was interesting. She came out. I believe she came out with the belt. So and that's that's these are things that WWE doesn't usually do. So kudos to Vince for that one. But y'all started some shit because I had people out here like, yo, man, who you want to see jump over? Where, who you want to see come through the forbidden door? And people, oh man, I want to see Daniel Bryan. I want to see um, MJF. MJF's going to win the Rumble. We had people saying that MJF, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, Feinstein, Feinstein, would win the Royal Rumble in the talk. <laughs> It's insane right now. But, yeah, no, uh, Cody, outside of Cody, it's really unpredictable. It is really unpredictable. If, you know, Aleister Black, it was confirmed that he he's not out of W, he's not out of AEW, which, which honestly, in my opinion, I would love to have seen a return of Aleister Black. And it's not for the reasons that you're thinking. It's literally so that they could play and bring back his theme song. No man is ever truly good. No man is ever truly evil. I love that shit. Uh, I know that's not the name of it, okay? What I used to do as a youngster is no matter what the name of the song is, the name of the song is The Hook, okay? <laughs> the, the chorus is the name of the song, okay? That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> you <didn't> tell me. <laughs> that's the name of the song. So, yeah, maybe Bad Bunny. Maybe Bad Bunny will come back at the Rumble and, and set something up for WrestleMania. Maybe John Cena. John Cena could come back again. I don't know. I, I genuinely like to be surprised at the Rumble. We were going to talk about Logan Paul versus Roman Reigns, but I feel like that's like a whole show, and maybe we save that for the Crown Jewel preview. Because um, we are going to do that. We're going to go through the Crown Jewel card and, like, you know, predict and, you know, who we want to win and all of that good stuff. So we'll see on that. So I need to know, and I'll put it in the community tab on, on Anchor. I don't know whether or not it exists in, like, Spotify and the other joints. Or you can just hit me up on TikTok when I put it out on, on TikTok what episode three should be about. But what should episode three be about? Like, what do you guys want to talk about? I'm really interested in this. I want to set it up where where I can, like, interact directly with you guys, where maybe I can talk to you guys. Like, radio stations have phone calls and all of that stuff. I want to be able to do that. Even if it's, like, a pre-record, you know, we just record it, and then I just kind of insert it into the podcast somewhere. I want to be able to do shit like that. I love interacting with you guys. So let me know in the comments on TikTok or in the comments here if that's a thing. <laughs> Whether or not that's something that you'd like to see. That said, I am Sir Blackston. I am out. If you feel so compelled, please hit up the merch store and the link. Use the code RARTIKTOK at checkout for 10% off. That's on me. That's on me. I'm eating that 10%, damn it. Talk to you later. Deuces. I, I got to find a good sign off. I got to find a good sign off. Like everybody else has a re- The one guy I used to work with, he used to just say, poof. And like the music would just start playing. I was like, damn, that's so fucking hot. Ah. I need a good sign off. I need I need sign off suggestions is what I need. Anyway, um 
I'm Audi 3000. Like, I don't know what the fuck to say. No, I'm out. Peace.